Welcome to the Product-Led Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Bush, the author of the best-selling book on product-led growth, which, by the way, you can get completely for free at productledbook.com. It's my small gift to you for being just an awesome listener. So today we have Greg Leach, and this is actually part of our deep dive series. So Greg actually spent a ton of time writing an amazing article on how do you launch a simple pricing page? Because we know a lot of people who are building product-led businesses, uh, they need a really good pricing pages because... uh, no surprise here, but you as the user, you actually need to understand it, you can, all those things very quickly. And you got to price it right, package your plans right, and all those things. So this is a deep dive on how that article kind of like came to life. It's, it's not just all about like, how did I create this article? No, it goes into the deep dive specifics of how to do it in your business. So I'd encourage you to like listen to this first. And then somewhere in the show notes, click the article, read it through. And Greg has actually provided a lot of different templates that you can use to actually use this in your own business. So Greg Leach is just amazing at this. He's done this for so many companies. And I think these like five steps you're about to learn is going to change the way as far as how you do pricing and it will get you in the right direction. So let's get back to it. Enjoy this episode with Greg Leach and actually do something with your pricing. I want you to implement this uh, because you will find that it's really, really effective. So today, like the main focus is how to build the right product-led pricing page. And so when you were kind of like researching this, putting this together, I know there's like a lot of, like you mentioned, a lot of like pricing kind of material out there, but not a lot of it is like very actionable. So could you just give us like the, you know, like 3000 foot view of like this particular piece of content, how it's different and how you've kind of structured it to help people build a product-led pricing page? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing and how like I approached it was your pricing page is probably the second most visited web page on your website, right? Outside of the homepage. It's like the most important page that people go to to make a decision overall. And what I find is probably the most tactical example that you can use around pricing is like how do you actually build a page? Right. A lot of content out there is like talking about here's the monetization strategy and here's our pricing strategy. And is, is it like transaction based or SaaS based? But then you actually don't know how to like put that onto like a web page. So what I really tried to focus in on is like, how do you make this like really actionable for someone? We all can go to a pricing page where you're like, wow, that pricing page looks great. Like, how do they mm-hmm. actually get there? So for me, it was like, how do let's reverse engineer this and let's focus on building a framework that people can be actionable because in a lot of cases, the pricing page you could be solving for is different. Maybe you're launching a new product for the first time. Maybe you're just trying to optimize your pricing or maybe you're trying to like, we're launching a new product as part of this new offering. Mm-hmm. So you need to create a new tier. So really wanted to try to create it that it was like, it was actionable enough that different people could use it for different use cases. But at the end of the day, everyone needs a pricing page and you can use this framework for like basically different pieces, depending on where your business are and like how big a scale you are right now. And that's kind of the approach I took. Awesome. And so is there like any particular kind of like company stage for like this process would make the most sense? Is it like, like if you're a pre-product market fit or let's say like you're creating new category or just tons of education, or is this for more so like you're in an established category, you've got like some sort of traction, this is the, the right process and framework for you at this time? 
Yeah, I'd say mostly it's definitely for like, if you're thinking about launching, like you're coming out, you've, you've gotten some type of product market fit. Yeah. You're coming out with like more features. You're asking yourself, like, how do we grow revenue? That's usually like a good spot. Or like you, you already have like some type of established, like call it product tier lineup and you're yeah. looking to optimize that. Because the challenge you have when you're launching that first product for the first time, you don't have like really a customer base. Like you don't have anyone to really mm-hmm. like go and get like user feedback on. So it makes it a lot harder. And at that point, you're probably using more like first principles of like, hey, what makes the most sense to bring it to market? So it's definitely built for that. You can definitely take pieces for the first, if you're launching your product for the first time, but it's definitely built for like, if you're, you found that product market fit and you're kind of thinking about like, how do we now like optimize to grow revenue? For sure. And so like if someone implements like these five steps you're about to go through, or like when you've gone through the companies that start actually there, with that you've done, whether it's like consulting or the ones you've worked with, like what are some of the typical results you will see if you get this right? You build that pricing page that kind of makes sense. People can understand it very easily. It aligns with that value and growth. Like what are some of the like juicy kind of like outcomes that people could potentially see? Yeah, I always say the biggest one is you'll you'll see your what you call your ARPU, your average revenue per user like increase. Yeah. That's usually like the main goal here because you're trying to think about how to like basically upgrade people. And if you've built that like product, call it that product share lineup right in the first rate, like you're gonna see like there's probably your sign up rate increase because you'll have specific tiers built for specific uh, personas. I say like those are like kind of the biggest things. And then there's like little in, there's input metrics that control those. So you'll probably see like an improvement to your like free to paid conversion rate overall. Like, so what is the percentage of people that pay you? If you're in a freemium model, as an example, what is the percentage there and how do you increase there? And ultimately the main output is driving revenue. That's really like, as you think about pricing and increasing monetization, that's what the goal Mm -hmm. is. And to keep like growing that business that way. Awesome. Yeah, no. Seeing that ARPU grow up is always like a super healthy way to see like, okay, yeah, we have like good pricing. This is working. (laughs) We're naturally like expanding our growth as people get more value from the product. So you kind of like create that relationship. Exactly. Awesome. So we got that. Could you go through just like the quick high level, like what are those five steps that people need to go through in order to implement this? And then of course, like we'll dig deeper into each of those. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really great question. Yeah, I always start with the very so this kind of five step framework starts in like the very first step is actually starting with doing like competitive benchmarking and doing a competitive scan. So you should never build pricing off of your competitors, but you should understand what the market looks like today and why that's important. And the example mm-hmm. I always use, right, is it's actually relates to willingness to pay. So. I think about like, like, let's talk about a consumer product. I think about a streaming service, right? Uh, Netflix, Disney Plus, yeah. you know, HBO, like those types of platforms out there. The market, when they launched, was like, you have to pay a subscription price for this, right? So people is like in their like inertia is like built in, is that like, I have to pay for this type of product. Now we could side a whole side story about like how people share passwords, but for the most part, it's really mm-hmm. around that. But then you think a flip side of the like of industries, think about content, news media content, right? When the people are like posting stuff like online, especially like media outlets, when kind of this digital revolution took off, mm-hmm. gave everything away for free. So now they're in this like very big challenge where like the mindset of consumers is like, I don't want to pay for content, right? I want that for free unless it's yeah. premium. So I think that's really important. You start that first step around like like industry benchmarking because it gives you a sense of like 
what the low end mm-hmm. high end looks like and what people's willingness to pay for today is. So I always say that's like your first starting point. Mm-hmm. Never just base it off your competitors, but understand like what basically the, the threshold, exactly the threshold yeah, ranges are. That's always the first step. The next steps, once you've completed that and it's on step two is all about like user validation. So the second step I always tell people to do is do kind of like a, what you could define as like a product feature preference survey. So what your goal here is what you want to do is you want to understand mm-hmm. what people find valuable in the different sets of features that you have, right? So you can do this in two ways. Like you can structure and build a survey. You can call it like a best worst survey or max diff. Those are popular terms that are out there. If you want to do a Google search on this, it's where you're basically asking people to rank the best features or the worst features. You can also do like a feature ranking yeah. uh, survey. And the idea here is like once you're done that and you actually do the analysis of the survey results, you're going to see clear themes of like what are the most valuable like features that someone wants, right? And that actually then starts to inform like how you think about like your product tiers and like what should actually be included, right? Mm-hmm. It will start to maybe the themes you start to see is all the features are like saving time related, right? And you'll you want to almost separate them into three categories, like what are the must-haves that are value, what are like nice-to-haves, and then what are table mm-hmm. stakes? And that starts to give you a sense of like, oh, what could I bundle into something into this new tier? It could be usage-based, mm-hmm. where it's like seat-based, or it could be like how much you use of it, or it could be just like high-level features together, right? But you want to kind of group these different features into each tier that is like built for a specific customer. And as they go up, it seems more premium. So that's the second step. The third step is really focused on pricing. So then once you've established the value and the type of offering you want to test with, you then want to basically survey out and you want to ask questions around the price point. So you basically ask four questions to do a price sensitivity survey. It's basically asking for like, what's a bargain? What's too expensive? what's too cheap or what is expensive, but you're still willing to pay for. And why that's important is then you then Mm -hmm. map that out into like basically an align graph and you'll see where access, where the lines actually cross match each other. And what you're trying to understand is like what the thresholds are. So you go through that and what you'll find Mm -hmm. is you'll see what the lower, the, the low end threshold they told you and what the high end threshold is. And you always, after once you're done that, then you have price points and you always want to go with your high end price point because it's much easier to come down in price than go up in price when you bring something to market. Like no one likes when you first launch and then you have to raise prices by like 50%. So it's much easier to start with something, understand what the willingness to pay is, and then bring that price down if it is too high. That's like a good news story to, to your customers. So that's like kind of like the third step overall. And then once you've done that, you now get into the fourth step, which is designing your pricing page, Right. So then you start to go, you basically want to like do this, like this basically test your pricing page pre-launch. So start to follow your best practices, Mm -hmm. right? Like as you design that page, you have to ask yourself, is it like easy to understand what each product, like who's it for, have a clear value prop. You have easy to read feature, a feature comparison chart, upfront transparent pricing, highlighting that middle tier and like strong CTA. So it's really about like designing it that is going to drive action. That's like really, really important. And then you're basically mm. taking your insights of like what the price point is and what should be included in that value onto that page itself. And that's like really, really like just a very, very important overall. 
And then through that, why you want to do basically like pricing tiers is like you do something called price anchoring, right? You want to have kind of like three options because the goal is always the middle option. So the high end premium option is just for anchoring to show people like, hey, you're getting this like middle option of value. So once you've kind of designed that page, you can actually go out and maybe you want to do a pre-launch. So I always tell people like sometimes what you can do is you can send marketing traffic generally to that page and then maybe do email capture. Mm -hmm. A lot of later stage businesses, I'd recommend doing that because maybe you're really changing your revenue model and you want to make sure like, hey, I, I want to test this before I change my product mix and could wreck my business. Or maybe you're a much like earlier stage company and you just want to go to market and like actually get real customers to do it. And then the final step is really just like launch mm -hmm. and optimize. So once you've kind of gone through that step four, you've kind of validated that you have like pretty good, like solid, like user feedback. You saw like a good conversion rate on getting emails. You actually launch your pricing page and you're sending traffic towards it. And then the biggest thing is you always want to optimize that page. So this is just like kind of your postmortem. And always look at three things on that pricing page that matter. Like you need to answer, is the price too high? Why you're seeing drop off? Is there not enough value? Or is it communicating value? Naturally, mm -hmm. everyone goes, they think it's pricing. But sometimes on that pricing page itself, it actually could be communicating value. Or it could be like, I didn't bundle the right features together, right? And you really need to distinguish and understand when you've launched the page and measure conversion rates, which one of those three it is. And those are kind of like the five steps of like walking through to develop a pricing page that I've kind of put together. Oh, I love it. It's definitely a, a simple kind of process. And I really do like how like you start off with that first part of like understanding the market, like getting that competitive pricing research. It's not because like, yeah, I'm just going to like base it on the competitor pricing. And I, I think a lot of companies do that. But <laughs> I think the main kind of like reason there is like, you're trying to just understand like what are people valuing? Like, what is the the expectation? If we like go to the grocery store and we look at like water bottles, we already have kind of expected value of like, how much am I going to be willing to pay for this? It's like, it's in this ballpark. Sure, if I want the fancy brand name, I'll pay a bit more. Or if I want the no name, it's like, whatever. It's a water bottle, probably made at the same place. But <laughs> we have these different kind of like packages and market values. And then for that second step, really just understand like what do people value? And like even in that water bottle example, it's like people might value the brands more uh, for some different segments. And so I'm curious, like when you're doing this, do you start with understanding like the different user segments? Because I would imagine like in that water bottle example, there's going to be some segments where it's like, they don't really want that like no-name brand. The branding's big for them. And then there's like other people where it's like, you know what, actually, I'm more of the bubbly person. I want flavored water that's bubbly and like I'm willing to pay more for that. So like I would imagine if you're just like broadly sending this out, you're gonna get like some pretty broad you know, mixed reviews of like different, or maybe it's three different kinds of water kind of thing. So how do you start this? And like, when you send this out for those that first survey for step two, how do you take into consideration? Like, who do we actually send this to? Yeah, that's, that's a really great question. I think it's going to depend on like one, are you just trying to optimize off your current customer base? Because if you are, then you want to like, you want to basically send that out to your current base. But if you're building a tier that naturally is like more premium, that is like serving someone completely different that you don't have in your customer base, yeah. then you need to start to think about how I can actually find a bunch of users that I could target that fit within that segment. So the most important thing is like properly doing like customer segmentation or like yeah. user segmentation and defining like proper buyer personas is I always say is the most important thing. And usually you want to do that from like a market level. 
of like, okay, I'm going to, so let's just use an example as an, like an example here right now. So say I'm in small business, an easy way to segment your market is by like size of business, right? So I'm like, I'm just starting off, getting off the ground, a growing business where I have X number of employees and like Mm -hmm. X number of like revenue, or like I have different tools I use. And then I'm like a much more like a, like established business. And I'm much like a much bigger there. Right. And I, I think there's like very simple ways. You don't have to overcomplicate this, that you can do that. You can apply that across. Like if you're consumer based, if you're like small business, if you're like medium sized businesses, but the most important thing is figuring out what is the way I can like segment into like different personas. Like what Mm -hmm. is that? Like one or two things that I can do. And I always say like, and then once you have that, then you'll know who to actually send like the survey towards, right? Because yeah. maybe maybe that segmentation that you're trying to do fits within your current base, or maybe you're trying to create something new to focus on a new customer. And then to do that, you'll need to go like external. Uh, and there's like different platforms and tools that can help you recruit to find the enough users that you want to basically get responses for a survey. Right. Okay. Yeah. Is there ever any circumstances where you'd be like, forget it, forget step two, just skip to step three, like do that kind of like survey for the willingness to pay. Because like, I, I'll give you one example that's probably relevant for a lot of people, the chat GBT kind of example. It's like, as I'm using it and I was like, oh, cool. Like there's the beta version of their pro version. I was like, okay, cool. Let's check it out. It takes me to like this Google form. It's literally just the band West, those four questions <laughs> and like a couple others around like the country. What do you find most valuable? I think they had a form for that. So like maybe they did just combine them too. Do you find like a lot of people skip step two or they just combine it together in like one big survey or how do you find most people actually like really do this at scale? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I'd say that sometimes you'll combine step two and three together. Sometimes you don't have to do it separately. It really depends on like what's your outcome, right? Because like sometimes you may be trying to build like a new product or sometimes you're trying to build like a new tier, but you need to figure out what goes in the tier. But you don't have enough information to know like what's the value of the tier. I, I always tell people on step two, like if you have a good idea of what those value pieces are to put into like a, a new pro, like you're trying to figure out what that price, just to figure out what the price yeah. point is, then that is when you probably skipped step two and go into step three. The biggest challenge, if you just like, as an example, was like, like chat GPT as an example, yeah. sometimes people just throw products to market and they want to see value that way. The only challenge you have with that is if you offer it for free to begin with, it becomes a lot harder to get people to pay. Yeah. So that's what, I, that's what I always tell people is like, it's better to like do some type of validation up front. I don't think it takes a ton of time, but at least you have something. If you offer something for free, getting them to like try to monetize afterwards, it's always a losing proposition. It becomes extremely challenging. So that's why I think it's very important. I think you can combine steps. It really depends on like what you're solving for, but always do that first than just offering it because especially if it's, if you're going to market and it's going to be free because it will be very, very hard to convince them afterwards that to pay for something. Totally. Okay. So we got like the first three steps, uh, doing the market research and then just like going through and doing these two surveys. Now I want to go through a little bit more of like how you actually test your pricing page because you mentioned something great. I always love validation. I think it's like a super <laughs> unmet need for a lot of companies that need to start doing more of it, including even us at product led. Uh, we're learning that lesson. So for the pricing page, 
like what exactly do you do? I imagine like you design it out, you build it, you have like, I'm imagining kind of like an email capture or something like that, where it's like, okay, somebody's like interested in this kind of specific plan. Is it anything more than that? Or is there something else that goes behind the scenes that are like, oh yeah, that's like, that plan is validated. What goes on there as far as that validation stage? Yeah, when you're trying to like, when you're trying to validate it, you want to be very clear on like your sick, like what are you actually measuring? Yeah. So I always start there, right? So you're you want to understand basically what I call like your conversion rate or your sign up rate. Say you're launching and you're going to like a three tier product lineup, as an example. So I would want to look at like your overall like sign up rate and then sign up rate for each of those tiers. Yeah. And I would use that in the meantime. I use like email capture if you want to test it before launching, right? So you would just how many people like actually give you email because you're trying to measure some type of currency and that would be the closest thing right. you can do there. And then the other thing that I think people sometimes forget is you then want to do an analysis to, to measure like what does the product mix look like? Because hmm. maybe you're thinking about offering freemium for the first time as an example, right? And you have like a paid offering already. Well, if too many people go to freemium, then all of a sudden like you could see your revenue actually decrease depending on you would have to see the signup rate massively increase for you to make up that revenue, right? So you always want to do that in two ways. You want to look at conversion rate overall, but then you also want to model out what the mix looks like. So you could actually try to forecast out revenue to see like, oh, is, are you actually increasing? Is it staying flat or is it declining, right? So it gives you a good sense of like, of those different tiers, like what does the signup rate look like? And then how much more revenue can it actually increase or not? Or maybe there's a gap where like, oh, hey, listen, we missed the mark here. Something's off. So now we have to figure out, is that pricing? Is that not enough value in the actual product here? And then you can start to diagnose from there. Okay. So I'm like trying to imagine this. There's like the free plan, there's the pro plan, and let's say the team yeah. plan or something like that. Exactly. So like we have the three tiers, we built it out. And there's like, it's kind of like a wait list for each of these. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it depends on your type of like type of business, right? Like yeah. if you've already optimized and you already have these and you're just trying to optimize pricing or change like features, yeah. this is probably a step that you don't need to do as much. But if you're like thinking about like bringing something like new that is right. going to be like very transformative, then I always recommend like you want to validate that before actually launching it because it could really kind of throw off your business. So it's very it's very much like that. It's like kind of join a wait list. Yeah. Do it like 30 days before. So they're only on the waitlist for a short time. And I, I wouldn't actually send like all your marketing traffic towards that page, right? You would find like a subset, enough traffic that validates the like, to make sure it's like statistically re like relevant, right? Okay. And that is basically like taking a small set of customers or users going to that page, getting to the number of like, you know, the, the size that you need for it to yep. be relevant. And then inviting them into like joining a waitlist is the best way to do it. You can always do like a little pop-up that says like, hey, we'll yeah, contact welcome. you when it's available. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if it was like a free version or something like that, wouldn't it be like you would kind of expect that? Like, oh yeah, like 95% of people signed up for the free plan, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, it's a better offer than like, oh yeah, I want to pay for this thing right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, I always think it's like when you're introducing first, that step is like when you're introducing something that's like, really radical it's yeah. better to like test that right so if it's like hey we're offering like a free plan for the first time or like a, a more premium right. for the first time make it that like 
hey, like a wait list just to say like, hey, sign up for this new thing here. And you can say like it's new and you just want to see like how many people are actually going to go do it and how many people put their email and then drop off. Because it just gives you a better sense of what the product mix looks like that informs yeah. your revenue. Because like if you're predicting like you introduce freemium and you're predicting that only, you know, 60% of your, your signup base is going to free and it's all of a sudden it's 95, then you have a really big problem at that point. Totally. Okay. So is there any other kind of like tactics or strategies you'd recommend for companies to like validate at this stage? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is like, it's always better to do live testing. Uh, Step four is always like, hey, listen, this is a really big swing because we have like really strong product market fit and we can do that. But I always tell people, you want to experiment as much as you can with like real users because what people say and what people do are two different things. So if you were to even like talk to a bunch of cut, like a bunch of users and say, yeah, I would pay for that. Or I send out a survey. You always want to like, like actually test this, like once throw something on a, on like a, basically a webpage and see what they do, because they're going to react differently. Whatever they said, they might say like, I wasn't going to pay for it. They actually will. And I've seen this, I've seen this both ways or, Oh yeah, I'll pay for that. And I don't. And I think that's the biggest thing is like, you want to do some type of live testing do some type of very scrappy like web page test if you can. And if not, and if you, if you have the ability where you can actually test like like live users on a page, I always tell people then you go right to step five. Okay, no, I like it. And then to, to kind of wrap this up, last step is like launch the pricing page and actually optimize. This is especially the optimize section is something that I think a lot of companies lose out on or it's like, hey, like we should optimize this, but really not, especially in smaller companies, Nobody really owns this. It's maybe the founder or somebody like that, where it's like, yeah, it's kind of big. Yeah. So can you walk us through like this particular step? How do we approach it? And what are some things to really like keep in mind? Yeah. So once you like officially launch like your, uh, your basically your pricing page, I say one of the biggest things is then you need to immediately... So one, you need to actually have before you launch, be very clear on what your like KPIs and measures of success are. And making sure you have the right like data measurement tools in place that you can see things in real time. I've seen a few companies like launch things where they haven't thought of that because yeah. you need to know like, okay, what are we measuring? What are what are those kind of key things? And then how do we action fast off of that? And then once to like thinking about how to optimize, you need ways to diagnose the prop, like what's happening. Mm-hmm. So if you're seeing a bunch of people, you launch freemium and everyone's going to free, like, why is that? Like, what is the cause of that? And some ways you can do that. There's some different pop-up tools you can do sometimes. Like on you land on a webpage, maybe there's like a post survey or something, yeah. but you want to find like just even qualitative ways to collect that. That's one way. And then the other way too, if you can, uh, there's like tools like full story or, or whatnot there where you can actually like watch people on the page and how they drop off or three or even lucky enough. Sometimes you'll see a full story or you've asked a survey and you you don't know the why. And even if you can even get in talking to a few users that went on the page and just like ask them questions, you'll see pretty clear themes. But I'd say like that is like the job of whoever owns your pricing page yeah. is really doing like a lot of like, I'd say qualitative research to diagnose the problem once you identify based on your KPIs, if there is a problem. And that should be what you're focused on is like, is it the price point? Is it the value? Mm-hmm. Is it the way we communicate? Is it not clear enough? And I answering one of those three questions. And I always find it's related to one of those three questions. Yeah, we tried something similar 
even with our program pages where it's like exit intent pop up. And then like, yeah. if we, you kind of use those, randomize them, of course, yeah. but yeah, it's super insightful as far as like, oh yeah, that's actually why it is. Or if you don't know, there's always like the other options. So yeah, it's hugely insightful. And I know for a lot of the other, um, we had a couple other founders talk about their pricing page and they're like, yeah, having that like live chat, just prompting people. Like if you have any questions about the pricing, like the amount of inquiries of like, this is confusing or like <laughs> everything else. It just kind of expedites that feedback loop when you do launch. And then you're like thinking about like, oh yeah, what should we optimize? It's just really useful to kind of like have that real-time feedback and, and go through what are all those pricing kind of requests. And then I think it was actually the former CEO of Hotjar, he's like, Zendesk is my Bible. <laughs> I yeah. export that shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was really interesting because, um, I mean, you could just search through like all these records, like pricing requests and see like what are kind of the patterns throughout all this to kind of go through. But any other tips or recommendations you recommend for companies to kind of like keep in mind as far as like how do they or should they kind of optimize their pricing page once it is launched? Yeah, just don't do a knee-jerk reaction is what I see a lot of, right? No. So you immediately think, oh, it has to be this piece, right? I tend to find too many times people immediately go to pricing. And I'd say like, be very hypothesis-driven. Like maybe like if you feel like, feel like before you launch that your pricing is too high, then yes, that's val- validated. But like, I find it's actually understanding like the value versus the price. So yeah. It's like kind of this like art and science game where you're you're trying to figure out like what is enough value, but not too much value at the price we have it at. So, and that's why I tell people it's like you need to understand that because it, what everyone does is they go immediately to price and they pull their prices down because it's too high. And then you just a bunch of left a bunch of revenue on the table. And then you realize that, oh, guess what? Once you have pulled the price down, it's a lot harder to bring the price back up. Yeah. And you kind of put yourself in that situation. So you have to be very like cautious about doing that and not making that knee-jerk reaction. Totally. And yeah, any um, prompts that you can think of where it's like, hey, if this happens, you should relook your pricing. Like I can think of like one based on when we start the conversation or regarding or like, let's say you change your like buyer persona or user persona. You're like, okay, we have this like new kind of person we're trying to attract. We don't actually have a plan for them or something like that that speaks to them. Like that to me makes a perfect sense to like revamp the pricing. Any other like common triggers that you notice where it's like, if this happens, do that. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I think it's always related to two things. One is like they, like you're focusing on like a new type of like customer, right? So maybe you're going up market or down market. So that means a complete overhaul. So that's one. And then two, Maybe just with your roadmap and what you're building, like you, as you start to have like, maybe you launched like a new product or you launched like this new feature that is like really, really compelling. You'll need to figure out like, does it stand alone in your current product offering? Does it go into like a higher end offering? Like where does it actually fit in? Right. And you'll need to have some good decision principles around that of where it goes. Totally. Awesome. And as we kind of like wrap up to any last thoughts, I knew you mentioned like no knee jerk reactions, like don't change anything like too fast or any other things you would like give as advice for people who are about to do this. I can think of like maybe one thing regarding like do this maybe as a team or something, but I want to hear from your experience. Like what are some of the things that you think like you should really keep this in mind if you're going to be like rehauling and redoing your product led pricing page? Yeah, great question. 
Yeah, I think going into it, you need to be very clear on like, what are you solving for? Like, what's your objectives and like goals? Because you can go down a rabbit hole and go a bunch of different ways. (laughs) I think when thinking about it, like, remember, freemium is a great acquisition tool at times, right? But remember, it's not necessarily something that's going to drive revenue. And I think people forget that. So like, it's like a two-edged sword sometimes when you move to like a complete free offering. It's going to grow you exponentially on a user-based perspective, but then you're probably going to be constantly thinking about how you monetize them, right? So be prepared for that. And then the flip side of that is like, you just need to really understand value and willingness to pay. Because then if you're trying to think about how you monetize them, you need to really understand like value and price points more than anything else. And it's basically like behavioral economics is what you're trying to solve for here. And I think going into that with like understanding the specific thing you're solving for is like really important because you can go so many different directions on what you're going to try to optimize and understand what those goals are and the levers you can pull to drive what the outcome and the goals are. Yeah. Back to the first principles. What's your goal? Yep. <laughs> Solve for that. Uh, because yeah, pricing has so many rabbit holes. I know even in our um, program too, we talk a lot about like, what is your like pricing strategy? And like yeah. a lot of people don't know like how closely intertwined it all is with like what do you give away for free like for your freemium model and all that stuff too and it's like well some companies depending on your goal let's say your early stage startup you might actually want to go with more of like a user hungry kind of strategy where it's like hey we're actually (laughs) purposely making this price really low or free for like a good amount of users to just get engagement solve for engagement and then they start realizing wow we have so many users uh, using our product let's figure out like what are some of those next levers and features that we could introduce to kind of like actually monetize this audience and they solve that problem second. So yeah, it's super fascinating, this whole world of like pricing and how it's really such a core piece and pillar of building a successful product-led business. So thank you for kind of going through this. This was an awesome article. I'd encourage everybody to, to go through it, read it, check Greg out on LinkedIn. And uh, speaking of which, where can people find out more about you? I imagine LinkedIn, but uh, where else? <laughs> yeah, yeah, LinkedIn is always, I'm, I'm on there all the time. It's something I try to like, I try to post on this topics. That's what I would recommend. I'm also on Twitter. So if anyone wants to kind of find me on there, I think I'm uh, greg.leach13. That's like my, like my handle, but those are probably the two, the best places to contact me overall. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Greg. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the product led podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a colleague or friends you know who might benefit. We are always looking at which episodes get the most listens so we know which content to create more of. So if you want more of this particular type of content or style of episode, please share it out. And in return, here's your selfish reason to do this. Uh, We will definitely create more content just like this episode. And if that's not your style, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and tell us your favorite part about this podcast. I personally read every single one of these reviews and it gives me more ideas on what content we should do more of. Happy growing.